welcome to another all-new fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the Insta at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can download this podcast along with the other programming from We Are Regal Radio at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. Also, we on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, please, please, please type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, that's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube on War Media, that's W-A-R-R Media. Type that in your search engine box on YouTube. You can watch this lovely podcast, which you are right now. You can see our lovely faces. Here we are. <laughs> you can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. We'll start off our first segment by reviewing the Chicago Bears' 23-16 win over the Carolina Panthers in Week 6 action. The Bears are 3-0 on the road, the first time that's happened since 2006. They are 5-1 overall. Nick Foles did not have a great game. He only passed for 198 yards with one touchdown and one interception. The run game was suspect as usual. David Montgomery with 19 carries for 58 yards. But the defense came up big with a couple of turnovers and four sacks overall. Lakina, I will start with you as I will compose my thoughts in a professional manner. <laughs> I, I, will say, I will say this. We'll break this down as we go along. Uh, the Bears did earn this victory yesterday. They deserved it. But I will lay it out on the line right now. You, you know that I've been compounding the real record on this program all year long. Can I get a drum run, please, from the crew? I guess they'll do. <laughs> My record for the Bears is two and four. They are currently on a two-game winning streak. Yes, there's a beautiful two and four record with the with a tough game coming up on the road at Los Angeles against the Rams on next Monday night. We'll get into that in our next podcast. Lakina, I'll start with you. Where did you get what you deserve as far as the Bears' performance yesterday, or do you, do you still have questions? Oh, I have so many questions, Sid. I really do. I mean, Lamont, what, what, happened to that, what happened to that complete game, Lamont? You said you the promised defense, me that yeah. you... The defense gave you that. Not, not always. Not always. And also, you know, the, the offense, I mean, look, the Panthers, we know the Panthers' defense. There's no Thomas Davis. There's no Luke Keekley on that defense anymore. They're 31st when it comes to run defense. The the offense gave you a complete game of garbage. It was complete. It was well, it was that, well, that, that, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, look, it, it was putrid. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Look, there's a reason why a lot of people nationally are still questioning. They only had 83 yards, 60, 63, I should say, in rushing yards, total rushing yards. This is against one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Why didn't you run the ball? You had a chance to sort of ice the game from start to finish. I mean the defense, yes, the defense, yeah, I mean, the defense, okay, yeah, they got you a couple of turnovers, but it didn't really bring that into points too much. I mean, you only scored 23. We could at least easily scored maybe 30, maybe. And mm -hmm. also on the offense, I mean, 
Nick Foles, okay, yeah, he didn't make too many mistakes. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, he didn't make too many mistakes, but he wasn't very impressive either. I know, I know people are telling that that great Zoom post uh, post game, you know, where I say, look, would you rather be, you know, why, would you rather win ugly or would you lose, you know, smartly or something like that? I mean, look, I'm, I'm not sold on this team. I'm sorry. I mean, I kind of got into it a little bit with Kyle saying that, well, listen, you know, you can't really, you know, dwell on like the, the minor, you know, deficiencies minor. of the scenes. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but, uh, oh. It, it, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm sorry, there's a reason why nationally people are not taking it. Even people here, I mean, I see some of the players, you know, they got on this whole tangent where, like, well, look, you know, five and one, you know, why are y'all complaining? Well, are, it sounds like y'all, are, you guys are convincing yourselves that you guys are shouldn't be five and one, or, you know, are deserving <laughs> five and one. That's, that's what it sounds like. I mean, but look, the defense, you know, Eddie Jackson, I mean, he got screwed over a pick again, a pick six again, unfortunately. And, you know, look, the defense did their thing, you know, they kept them in check. I think Teddy Bridgewater in the offense, I mean, they kind of helped him out a little bit with that too. So, Again, I'm I'm still baffled by this team, but yet somehow they're five and one. I, I don't know. I mean, 2020s, you know, of course, has gone haywire anyway. So why not this NFL season? I, I'm not baffled by them. Um, more so, I I believe in them. I mean, we got to go back to a Dennis Green coach. <laughs> they are what we think they are. Bad. They. I mean, <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> I mean, I, but I'm I, and I, I was sitting here watching the game with someone, and they was wondering why I was so upset in certain certain situations. And I was explaining to her that he's supposed to be an offensive coach. He's supposed to know how to call plays. I think he don't know how to use a running back, except out of the backfield doing something cute. I don't think he has a hit you in your mouth run game that we need in Chicago to win in December and January. I don't think he has it in his repertoire. I, I, I mean, so far I haven't seen it. And then when you ask him about it, he said, you brought me in here not to run. So what are you saying? So, I mean, I don't think he got it in him. And he constantly shows it to us. We we like you say two and four is a good number, Sid. I mean that that's good. I don't even think we would be two and four. It's just unbelievable sometimes how you look at the plays he called and you say, well, "Why would you do that right there? Why did you do that?" And he come up with a logic and and like they said, the, like she was quoting the winning ugly thing at the end of the game. Yeah, we five and one. Okay, who we gonna beat? Who who can we beat that ain't gonna beat themselves? I mean, I had I had another person that was with me that talked extra crazy, and they was like, "Well, since Tampa Bay beat up on Green Bay and we beat Tampa Bay, we the best team in football." <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> you know that's some friends that been drinking the Jack, so you'd be like, "Okay, no more shots for you." But, <laughs> That's that's I mean oh but I mean the the defense was complete for the most part and the offense just I believe it's him it's his play call and it's him I'm I'm starting not to think it's so much as the quarterbacks and the running back I know it ain't the running back because he ain't getting a chance so 
I think it's all on Matt Nagy, man. And and yeah, he's five and one, but I wouldn't be a happy five and one. You're listening to Second City Sports Zoom Style, along with Lamont Scott and Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. As we reviewed the Week Six Chicago Bears victory over the Carolina Panthers, 23-16. Lamont, I want to piggyback off your point about uh, head coach Matt Nagy for the Bears. I'm gonna jump ahead to, towards the end of the game, and this got me so frustrated yesterday. Usually, I don't, uh, uh, as uh, Jonathan Hood of ESPN 1000 in Chicago would say, I'm gonna uh, give you a peek behind the curtain. I usually don't watch the Bears game games live because I know I get too emotional and I'll get so upset. But I had, it, it, the game drew me in the end of it yesterday, so I had to watch the last couple minutes of it. I did watch the the entire game at, um, uh, last night. Uh, uh, the third down and two play coming out of the two-minute warning before Carolina got the ball back and the game was ended by a, a Bears interception. Third and two. You call a pass play to Allen Robinson. But on the flip side, Carolina had one timeout remaining. Jonathan Vilma on the Fox broadcast on Sunday said it perfectly. You had even if you didn't uh, convert on the on the third down conversion. One, you run the ball. Number two, you make Carolina waste their last time out because uh, the clock was on your side. And I blame that on head coach Matt Nagy. This is his third year coaching. He should have learned by now. That was inexcusable of what happened uh, on Sunday. And uh, I know some people uh, listen to this and say, well, Sid, they got the interception, so they won the game anyway. So what the hell are you complaining about? Stuff Everything? like this against uh, better teams like the Rams. We'll get into them later. They stunk it up on Sunday night. But better teams like, uh, like the Rams, like the Seahawks, like the Packers, if you pull that kind of stuff against better teams, you're not going to get bailed up by your defense or some luck of the Irish uh, to to win the ball game. Mistakes like that will cost you games. It will cost you playoff games, assuming that this team makes it to the playoffs this year. Bill Belichick, or as I call him, Bill Belichick, the head coach of the New England Patriots, <laughs> we'll talk about this later on. He always talks about situational football, and all starts at the top with your head coach. And the, and the head coach transfers the message and the orders to their players. And Matt Nagy, unfortunately, in his third year, just doesn't get that. That situation yesterday on third and two, that should have not been a pass call. It should have been a run call. Make Carolina use their last time out, whether you convert on that play or not. That was just ridiculous, and that was on call for. It, it really was, and it's, it's sort of like I'm, I'm hearing from various people. I've listened to both our sports stations here in Chicago, and I'm hearing not necessarily from the from the, uh, the host, but like fans say, well, look, you know, we're 5 one The Bears are 5 one Y'all should be glad. Look. No. That, 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 that kind of thing that Sid, you know, that Sid just mentioned, you know, teeth, you know taking advantage of you know, the, the teams being themselves and making their own mistakes, you're not going to be able to do that against, you know, the, the Rams who you'll face on Monday night like the Packers and all these other like better teams. And also, it, it just, it's just not going to be able to do it. So I think people need to kind of chill out. And, like, this team is flawed. Let, let's be real here. They're not the best – one of the best teams in the league. You know, they're, they're, you know, the old saying is you are what your record says you are. Not necessarily, though. I'm sorry. I mean, you look at the, the – yes, the defense did their thing. But, unfortunately, the offense, there's no consistency. There's, you know – lackadaisical play calling and it's just you just can't 
these kind of things you're not going to be able to get away with. Yeah, you're able, you're able to get away with it against the Lions and the Falcons and all these other not-so-good teams, but once you start facing the better teams, you're not going to be able to do the, have this kind of game plan and get away with it. It's just not going to happen. And, and it shouldn't happen. I mean, the, some of the mistakes that they make, well, and I'm, I'm really leaning more so on the coach. You remember halfway through last season, I started saying, maybe Mitch ain't that bad because he hasn't had the proper coaching to develop into what he could be. And maybe they just kind of threw, uh, threw him out there without some real good teaching. I mean, I'm, I'm really saying if we had better coaching, the 5-1 wouldn't look so bad. But I've never been 5-1 and one and so unhappy at the same time in my life. Like, it's like, you 5-1 for what? I mean, I'm literally 5-1 and one and unhappy. How's, we're in first place, right? How is that possible? Yeah. You, how do we feel like we're in last place, but we're in first place? Like, we literally feel like we're, we, I mean, feel like what we want. We cannot win. I, we can't, who can we beat? And, and before, yeah, be, before I break down the box score from the defense of the Bears, uh, I'll jump back on your point, Lamont. It's just looking at the top records uh, in the NFL. Of course, we don't play the ASC as often, but uh, look what happened with the Titans yesterday. We'll get into that game more later. But do you think the Bears are really better than the Titans right now? I don't think so. All right, let's go back to the AF, to the NFC. Uh, even though Seattle's defense is horrible, do you think the Bears are better than Seattle? Me personally, I don't think so. Even though what happened to the Rams on su Sunday night at San Francisco, do you think the Bears are better than the Rams? Maybe, but it, can you convince me that they're better than the Rams? As of right now, no. Are they better than the Packers? You know me. I've been saying this for the last two years. The Packers defense is good, but it's not as great as people want to make it out to be as, a, as of right now, no. So – uh, there's some validity to you guys' points here that the Bears, you, you, you better be lucky that you are 5-1, and one, or as my case, my record, 2-4. and four. <laughs> You are 5-1, and one, but you haven't played a better competition yet. It starts next week at Los Angeles against the Rams on prime time. Everybody's going to see uh, your flaws and your strengths, so they better get ready. As we told you guys the last couple of weeks, the schedule now gets tougher. You have the Rams on the road next week. You come back to host New Orleans. I think you have Detroit in there uh, in the month of November. And, of course, you have Green Bay to wrap up the month uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. So it's going to get tougher. So the Bears better tighten up their screws or else this season could turn downwards in a hurry. And you don't want that, especially with head coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace. Both their jobs are on the line this year. Let's not forget that either. I mean, it should be with the, with the, with the, with some of the moves they're making. I mean, they're making some really questionable moves, man. And most of them stem from the offensive side. They're putting the defense in bad positions. I was listening to uh, one of the shows in the city, and they was asking, does a defense develop an attitude with the offense for carrying them for so long? And he was saying it never happened when he played with the Bears. So it was like, it is whispers, though. You know, they see what we see. They see, mm -hmm. you know, that they're not making simple things, and they see that they're making it more difficult. And that play you brung up especially. I mean, why didn't he run the ball? And if you ask him that in the, in the press conference, he'll deflect it and say something else like it wasn't no big deal. Like, we won. That's all y'all care about. Don't worry about nothing else. Well, no, that's not. I mean, sometimes, and this going to sound real crazy, 
Women feel like we cheating almost when we that bad. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's a win, yeah, but it, sometimes you feel like, well, we didn't really earn that win. They gave us that win. So, I mean, I apologize, Lakina, you didn't get your complete game. It should have been. It was supposed to mm -hmm. be. But mm -hmm. I don't think it's in them. And I think it started at the top. I mean, the team is a reflection of their coach. And I don't think their coach got the – that they need to push them to the next level. You wonder though if at some point, if you're the defense, you're like, okay, we gotta, oh, we gotta save the offense's butts again. We gotta, you know, get them out of this jam that they put themselves in. I mean, it, it, it gets it gets sort of tiresome later in the season. And you wonder though, especially if they're if if they end up going to the playoffs. I mean, let, let's let's kind of slow down here. I'm sure people say, well, let, let's go. You know, we're gonna be the number one seed in the. Okay, stop, stop. People need to kind of calm down for a second, but you know the the, the defense. If you're the defense, you sort of say, "Okay, really, we gotta we gotta get them out of this mess again." So there's gonna be games where the defense is not gonna be able to get you out of the messes that the offense put themselves in. So at the, at some point, you're you're like, "What what 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 do you what do you do? What do you do if you're if you're the defense?" I mean, yeah, no, you're not you're not top five, but you're still right there. You're still like top ten, top twelve. So you're at the you're you know you're right there. So but again, I mean, you wonder if at some point you're you're sort of like, okay, really, we got to get the defense, I mean, the offense out of this predicament again. Like, what, what what's your mindset here down the line, especially as you, as like you said, so you went through their schedule for going into next month, it's gonna get tougher. Yeah, I'll give I'm gonna give people some quick revisionist history before we go back to breaking down yesterday's win. Uh, remember the 2000 Baltimore Ravens? And do you remember what happened now exactly as I think about it now 20 years ago this month? Do you guys remember what happened? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. They did not score a touchdown for the whole month of October. And I believe they lost three out of their five games before they switched quarterback Tony Banks to the bench and they put in Trent Delphi. Of course, they took off with an 11-game winning streak that was including their playoff run towards the Super Bowl win over the New York Giants in Super Bowl 35. That that locker room was almost broken because the lack of production of offense. Of course, remember now ex-head coach uh, Brian Bell, who, who was the coach of the, of the Baltimore team at the time. Yeah, can you find any similar, similarities with the head coach Matt Nagy now? He, uh, Brian Bell was, uh, was brought into that organization to help jumpstart that offense the offense had their moments, but with the strong defense, that offense sputtered, and he had to make the change at quarterback. I see the same similarities there. Now, I'm not saying this Bears team is going to win this year's Super Bowl. I'm not um, pumping that up. Um, what I'm saying is I'm not suggesting that what's going on in the Bears locker room, uh, it, it, the, the, the pipe is about to burst. But like you said, Lakina, if this keeps on happening with the offense playing pedestrian, barely getting by – the defensive side of that locker room, uh, they're going to uh, make whisper, their whispers will become louder and louder, and you definitely cannot afford that, especially on this young team. Like, like I said before, it did not break Baltimore's um, locker room 20 years ago, but if it, if it breaks here in Chicago with a winning record, uh, it can go down here. You can't afford that, especially with this young squad. Well, Sid, a couple of things. They had Ray Lewis, and they had Trent Dilfer. We don't have a quarterback that we can go to to help us. And we don't have a leader on defense that talks enough. So uh, similarities, 
yeah, it could break. But overall performance and talent, we, we lack very sorely when it comes to that team. And that I don't think our defense is half as strong as that defense was. We might be just as good as our old defense with Erlach and Mike Brown and, and Tommy Harris and company. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't see. But uh, we got Rex Grossman to a Super Bowl, so we probably can get Nick to a Super Bowl. But can we beat what's coming from the other side of that fence? Can we beat somebody in the AFC? I mean, anybody in the AFC. I mean, really, can we really beat somebody that's at the top of that? I mean, can we beat a Pittsburgh? Can we beat a Kansas no. City? Can we no. beat a Tennessee? No. Mean, that's just the top three. And if you start looking at look to, hell, can we beat Cleveland? <laughs> I think you can. You think but I don't think you can beat Buffalo. But like I said, you look, the AFC is a whole nother ball game. But I, I know what you're trying to say, Lamont. Can you beat the top teams in the AF, in the in, in the league right now. In the AMC, no. I think that you could beat Cleveland, but now you definitely cannot beat those other teams, including Buffalo, which we'll get into later as they take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the special Monday uh, afternoon football edition. Uh, Lakina, uh, before I kick it back to you, I had this strange thought after yesterday's game. Remember two years ago, the Bears won the division at 12-4. They rolled their defense to the playoffs before we saw what happened in a playoff loss against Philadelphia. Of course, Matt Nagy wrote that defense to develop Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky had some moments in that season, but he had some good moments in that playoff game. But the original game plan came back to haunt them uh, at the end, especially with that missed kick. I kept having those same thoughts yesterday. Uh, and another team that crept into my mind was last year's San Francisco 49ers team. Head coach Kyle Shanahan wrote that defense, which was very good to the Super Bowl. But when you needed your quarterback to make the big play, i.e. last year's Super Bowl against Kansas City, which you dominated three and a half quarters in, your quarterback could not make, make a play, i.e. Jimmy Garoppolo. I am fearing that this, the same thing is going to happen to this Bears team this year. You might not have to wait till the playoffs. You might, it might creep up next month as the schedule gets tougher, or uh, somehow this team finds its way to the playoffs. It might creep up on them again just like it did two years ago. I, I just don't like this feeling. If, if it so happens that I'm just blowing smoke a couple months from now and they start to turn their play around, so be it. I'll be the first one to say I'm, I was wrong. But analyzing this team right now, there are definitely concerns. No team is perfect, let's be honest here, with no preseason this year. But let's throw the preseason, uh, no preseason argument out the window. We're almost into November, and teams are starting to formulate themselves. The Bears, even though they are 5-1, they still have some things to tighten up. Well, it's it's sort of one of those things where you wonder, though, we got to do the wait-and-see approach, I guess. I mean, they got the Rams, Mm -hmm. then they got the Saints, they got to go at Tennessee, because let's talk stopping Derrick Henry. Um, Then they get Minnesota, and they have the Packers to finish up that month after the bye. So I'm I'm wondering, like, is this going to – I see maybe five or four or five losses in the schedule. I might be wrong. I might be going to my little, little tangent here, but I, I, I could probably maybe lose three, maybe four of these games I mentioned. I mean, yeah. I'm, just not, I'm just not sold on this team yet. I'm not. I mean, the defense can only get you so far as, you know, the examples that we, we've mentioned. So, uh, again, I don't know. I mean, this is sort of like the time of year, especially with no preseason. You know, you start to tighten up. You're starting to kind of like, okay, 
okay, you know, let, let's not do this anymore. Let's throw this this play away or, or and what have you. But it'll be interesting, though. Well, it'll be interesting because I'm hearing a lot of people say, you know, playoff, they're playoff bound already, but I'm not sold. Well, I mean, because they're looking at it like they could lose three, four games and still be in the mix. You know, this 5-1 and one has helped them in great ways as far as trying to make it somewhere. They're almost past halfway there. You know what I'm saying? They can get there, but that means they have to beat the teams in their division that's coming up, and I think those going to be their hardest wins. Like, even though Minnesota has been stinking up the joint, can they beat Minnesota? Are we still scared of Green Bay? I think it's a mental thing sometimes with Green Bay. Then Detroit, again, right? So we – we and that's Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving game, ain't it, or something like that? We may lose that. So, I mean, I see five, six losses still. I mean, the five and one has been good. It helped us out. We needed it. Otherwise, we'll be one and five thinking about these hard games coming up. So, I mean, it helps, but at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet a pop on them. I wouldn't, you know, mortgage my mellow light on them. <laughs> Believe in them like that. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Zoom style, along with like. Kenny McGee, Lamont Scott, I am Cindy Brown as we review the Chicago Bears 23-16 win versus the Carolina Panthers. The Bears are 5-1 and one on the season, 3-0 and oh on the road. The first time they won their first three games on the road since 2006 when the Bears last appeared in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Colts in Super Bowl 41. Uh, focusing on the defense from yesterday's game, Roquan Smith had a good game. He had a total of seven solo tackles, a, a forced fumble. Khalil Mack showed up on the stat sheet again with the sack. Bilal Nichols, the nose tackle, he had a sack yesterday. I thought that rookie cornerback Jalen Johnson had a good game yesterday with two passes deflected. Yes, it was a questionable call on that pass interference late in that third quarter, but uh, this rookie defensive back out of uh, University of Utah, he's really showing me something this year. Lamont, we talked about him uh, to start the year. Well, are you? What has impressed you about Jalen Johnson? I mean, he got some heart. He, I mean, he, you know, he take that shot, he take that chance. I mean, he has heart. I mean, that was a great pick. I mean, he looked like he could hold the other side of that down for some years to come, and that's what we needed. And he has been having a couple of rookie situations, but you got to look. He, had no, he has never seen some of these offenses and some of these plays. He got here. Some of these guys are so much bigger than the guys he played against. So to be able to hold his own and to be able to have his name mentioned in a positive and not a negative light has been a really good plus for the Bears. And it's an under-talked-about plus also. I mean, we're not talking about it so much, so the league is not talking about it. But uh, the kid been showing up. He was all Pac-12 at Utah twice, I think three times, I believe. You know, Yeah, he's had some injury issues, but like I said, when they drafted him – He's, when healthy, he's one of the top corners, and he's showing you why, at least right now. So he's, he's held his own, he's held his, he's held his own, I should say, as some of, against some of these top wide receivers. So we'll see as, a, as the, the competition gets tougher and he'll have to face better receivers. We'll see how he does. But I, look, I think if you're a Bears fan, you should be, you should be glad of what you're seeing so far from Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you look at, Bears, I mean, the Bears, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Bears need a spark back there. I was so glad to see hear Eddie Jackson's name as much as I heard it. 
and, and I don't know why the other gentleman name slips my head that we got from the CFL, but uh, they supposed to be a little tight on that back end because we're going to need them if we start continue to just send our front four. We keep rushing that four. We're going to need that back end to stand up and do some things. So, I mean, I was happy to see some picks. They keep cheating Eddie Jackson. I, I don't know. He just got bad luck on, <laughs> on the interception returns. But, I mean, I mean, they, for the most part, they're not our problem. Like if you had to pick a problem, you wouldn't say it's coming from that side of the ball. Our problem all stems from Matt Nagy's little hat thingy he wears. His <laughs> It's, it, it all right there. That's why our problems start and end. And until we get some uh, solid and smart, quote unquote, decisions from him, we're going to continue to be upset with victories. I, I, I've never, like I said, I've never felt so much bitterness and sadness in a win. <laughs> before, before we move on to uh, uh, the rest of week six action from Sunday, uh, we'll give two thumbs up. You guys watching on YouTube are actually doing it. Two thumbs up. I know you guys can see. But uh, two thumbs up to the Bears special teams. They had a heck of a performance yesterday. In particular, Cairo Santos, Santos their kicker. He was two for two from, for extra points and three of three in kicking field goals, including his career-long 55-yarder, uh, which helped the Bears to their victory in Sunday's game. I know Eddie Pinheiro is supposed to be due off the uh, injury reserve list soon. I'll start with you, Lamont. Do you put a, any Eddie Pinheiro on the field, or do you ride the high hair in Santos? Until uh, Santos start missing, we know our kicking woes here. I will keep Eddie Pinheiro practicing and getting healthy until he start missing. Once he start missing, then you tell Eddie, you want your job back, player? Come on down. Until then, I will keep him ready. I will just stay ready. You stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So that's how I would tell him. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, you keep Santos until he starts, you know, missing. If 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 not, then look, they may have some problems with the kicking game, kick a game, but decision making is more in that sense. Yeah, real quick, I'm, I'm watching in my monitor breaking news: uh, the Carolina Panthers, who which we are talking about, they lost to the Chicago Bears on Sunday. They had a positive test, so they shut down their facilities. And we'll keep this uh, new monitoring this news for you as we go along. But before this podcast comes to a close, if we have any more information, we'll certainly pass that on to you. Lakina, I'll start with you. I'll still steal your shine a little bit. <laughs> Who are your studs and does from the Sunday action in week six from the National Football League? All right. We'll start with my, my first stud I will give to the – Denver Broncos. I mean, that was totally unexpected <laughs> performance. I mean, look, Drew Locke had a couple of interceptions in his first game back, but they were able to move the ball. Philip Lindsay had over 100 yards. I mean, look, they they were, you know, they had like what six or seven field goals. So you, you give, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, they were able to score. And look, I, I look, I say good for them. I mean, Brandon McManus, you know, he had six field goals for them. So. They were able to pull off kind of like the minor upset of the the Patriots. So a nice win for Vic Fangio and the Broncos. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, showing you – they're showing you why they're one of the top teams in the AFC. I mean, you look at, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, 
you know, pass for a touchdown. James Conner had over 100 yards. Their defense did what they were supposed to do. I mean, they 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 treated Baker Mayfield like a freaking rag doll. I mean, that, that <laughs> I, I'm surprised, you know, that they they pulled him, but you know, they put Keenum in, but unfortunately, they really didn't do him too much good. So they were able to kind of tame that Browns offense. So good, good on the um on the Steelers in that front. Uh, Detroit, I mean, I don't think this is going to mean much. I think I really believe Matt Patricia is going to be gone by the end of the year. But again, they did just enough to win. DeAndre Swift had two touchdowns, 116 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, I'm, I'm not, like I said, they got the first win, but I don't think it's going to matter in the end. But uh, yeah, so the Lions, they get their first win of the year. And uh, who else did I have as this? The, the, the Bucks. That's my last set. The Bucks. I mean, you know, they scored 28 unanswered points, but it was just enough because no one scored. Well, they only scored 10 points in the second half, so 38, 38 unanswered. I mean, I mean that that I think Tom Brady is showing you that maybe he still has a little bit of something left. You know, two touchdowns and Ronald Jones the second, 113 yards rushing. I don't know why they didn't keep running the have run the ball against the Bears. That's a whole other thing. But the defense, I mean, and Domigan Sue, I mean, we know that he and Aaron Rodgers have a history. So they sacked him five times. Defense did. So a nice, great overall performance by the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, studs, I'm going to go. You took one. The Bucks defense. That, that, I mean, I'm, I'm giving I'm, I'm giving that game more so to the defense than Tom Brady. Yeah, they scored 38 points, but that defense set the tone. They slapped Aaron around all day long. Who so, told you that they were going to do that in our last episode? Who told yeah, you that? So, somebody <laughs> did. My, my, Zoom, my Zoom was blinking in and out. I had heard something. Somebody was mentioning it. My Zoom was blinking in and out when it happened. But uh, someone did predict that. No, congratulations, Don. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry, man. Derrick Henry is, I don't know what you would call him. I mean, it's like tackling a thoroughbred, like a real horse. Like, it's like, that's that's some dangerous stuff that's happening up there with him. And I can't wait to see what Pittsburgh do with him next week. And another one I would say would have to be, I just had it, I just had it in my head. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank because I, I had looked at something that threw me off. But, yeah, the Bucks defense, Derrick Henry, and I can't go with the Bears, but I can go with one player on the Bears that I'm really high on, Darnell Moody. His – what he doing, when he get a ball, he catch it most of the times. The routes he running – I've been like watching him and he's like a secret weapon type of a stud to me. I want to see what they can do with him, but I don't know what they're going to do with him. And that's the scary part. But that that's about it for them. Yeah, uh, before I go to my studs, uh, like like we talked about the last couple of weeks, I like the potential on Darnell Mooney. Anthony Miller, uh, your targets, your targets may start, your increase will start to come down in terms of targets. Like the Darnell Mooney can keep stepping up, stepping up like he has been all season long. Anthony Miller, your playing time might be cut in half, but 
we shall see about that. Now go to my three studs. I'm gonna start with you, Lamont. Derrick Henry. I did watch that uh, game uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime via my computer. <laughs> he had the 94-yard touchdown run, which was tremendous, and he had the game winner in overtime to keep Tennessee undefeated as they defeated the uh, Houston, Texas, who blew another game yesterday. You cannot blame Bill O'Brien anymore, but Tennessee had the chance to win at the end, and they did what they had to do. My second stud, number 59 for the Denver Broncos, Malik Reed, their linebacker. He had two big sacks on Cam Newton yesterday, including the one on the last drive of the game for the Patriots to put the Patriots back, in which, for which the Denver Broncos defense shut down the Patriots by uh, tying the game. So Malik Reed, number 59 for Denver. He gets my second stud. My third stud, number 11 for the Atlanta Falcons, stud wide receiver, future Hall of Famer, Julio Jones. Eight catches, 137 yards, including two touchdowns. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons fired their head coach and GM last week. Of course, last year they went to Minnesota uh, in an opening weekend and got their heads blown off. This year they go back to Minnesota. They return the favor. Atlanta, I'm not saying they're going to turn their season around and uh, perhaps make the playoffs. I think they dealt themselves too deep of a hole, but they had a great performance yesterday. Matt Ryan, the quarterback, had a great game. Julio Jones stood out to me, so Julio Jones is my third stud. All right. Okay, bonus bonus stud for me, and I've been thinking about this. I kept getting my head wrapped around, but I'm going to say the Dolphins. I mean, once again, 24 <laughs> I know it's the Jets, but still, I mean, look, another another solid performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he did have two interceptions, but you know what? Overall, a great performance, and they're three and three. The Dolphins are so they could probably. I'm not saying that they will challenge for a wild card spot in the AFC, but I think yeah, I think, I think they'll, they'll they'll definitely give some teams some fits. Uh, a bonus stud for you, Tua made the field. <clears throat> Tua made the field. Tua Tunga, he got on the field. That, that that was a bonus. I'm glad to see he threw a pass as an NFL quarterback. Maybe that's the future Bears quarterback if they don't let him go, if they'll let him go. But Tua got on the field. I was happy to see him get on the field. And that little thing he did afterwards with his parents was so cute. So I, I was that was good. Couple bonus stuff for me is from the Indianapolis Cincinnati game yesterday. Of course, the Colts defeated the Bengals 31 27. Both of these guys are wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts. One, Marcus Johnson, he had five catches for 108 yards. On the flip side, T. Higgins, he had six catches for 125 yards, including his longest catch was 67 yards. I'm with you guys. I think one of you guys mentioned this last week. T. Higgins. It's the future as far as receiving is concerned for the Cincinnati Bengals, whether they bring A.J. Green back or not. Uh, T. Higgins had a breakout performance yesterday. As we said before, too, Joe Burrow is the truth, as the kids were saying, but hopefully Cincinnati can build an offensive line that can stand in front of him and protect him. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals fan, brighter days are ahead of and AJ Green don't want to leave Cincinnati. <laughs> he like, don't trade me. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to leave. Well, we'll see. We'll see in the off season. Uh, okay, time for duds. I'm gonna start with the Cleveland Browns. 
Oh, it's only everybody. That's that's everybody gonna think that. Well, that well, well that well, look. I mean, I'm. Yeah, like so that's all, all across the board. Yeah, no, I mean, but like, no, look. I watched somebody, the first half of that game. I had to turn it off. Yeah, I want to hear your reasons though, uh, Lakina. I, I want to well, hear your reasons. Oh look, turnovers. You know, rushing yards, lack of rushing yards. Only seventy-five. I mean. You know, the, the defense, the Steelers' defense just, you know, just stopped them from the word go. And there were turnovers. Like I said, you know, Kevin Stefanski took, you know, Mayfield out because, you know, because of his health. But, uh, you know, he was playing bad, essentially. So they brought Case Keenum in. It didn't really help. So I, I was just like, okay, you know what? You're, you're just as much of a fraud as the Bears are. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, oh, and another another dud for me. I mean, it pains me because I like the, I like this team a lot, and it pains me. But the Colts, what the heck happened? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, you won, but you gave up a lot of points. So I'm kind of like, okay, I, I touted y'all defense, but yet you gave up, <laughs> it, it gave up a lot of points. So I'm, I'm like, okay, got to clean things up here a little bit there, here Colts. Um. Also, Green Bay, I don't know what the heck happened. You had a bye to prepare for this game against Tampa, and yet you looked good early, but you, you went down quick, so I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Minnesota, oh, my God, I, I feel stupid now because I picked them to win the division. You had three interceptions for Kirk Cousins. You know, Justin Jefferson on the flip side, though, looks like he's a stud. Had, you know, caught two touchdown passes from him, so – that feature there is bright, but the defense, though, unfortunately, that we touted almost 470 yards of total offense that the defense gave up. I know that, you know, Howard's, you know, Rhodes is gone, uh, Griffin's gone, but, you know, I know Daniel Hunter has had some injury issues. He hasn't played this season. So, but my God, that defense from Minnesota, ugh, just, just putrid at this point of the season. And also, you know, and, and again, it also pains me because I love this. I love this man a lot, Ron Rivera. Why were you? Why did you go for two? I know the analytics. You say, well, you know, you're trying to win, but you go for the tie and then sort of, you know, take your chances in overtime. I, I don't understand that logic half the time. I know. I think the Texans did the same thing, but you, you play with the odds. Don't go with, you know, go with the logic. Stop using analytics. It's football. It's not rocket science, kids. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And, and uh, a, a couple of them I agree with you. I was going to choose old Riverboat. <laughs> old Riverboat Ron thought he was gambling, and he gambled the win away. I was also going to choose the Packers because I don't think they showed up in any way, shape, or form yesterday. And that Cleveland team, I think it started at the top, man. Somebody needs to send them an Aretha Franklin CD. Well, if they still use CDs. <laughs> <laughs> They can download it. It's fine. They can download it. Send them an Aretha Franklin CD and learn some respect. I think if they get some respect from the top to the bottom, they will get some better play out of all of that talent. I mean, the losing, when the losing starts, the disrespect starts instantly. They get to lose. I mean, Buddy dancing on the, on the side of the field barefooted. I don't care if you is out of the game. You don't take your stuff off and play on the sidelines. What type of professional is that? I mean, and the things that they say and the things that come out of their mouths, I think it start with the top. It start with, I don't want to hear this, a younger generation of players and none of that. It's still about respect. 
And I think if that team start respecting the game and themselves a little bit more, they may have some better results. Because soon as losing starts or bad play starts, they come to disrespect instantly, every time. So, I mean, they get a complete dub for me, and it goes to the top. I mean, they need to get somebody in there that's going to crack a quote-unquote whip. <laughs> My the three duds quickly. Number one, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I know they're undefeated, but uh, they're not undefeated. They have one loss of the year. Sid, why are they your duds? They beat Philadelphia 30 to 28. Philadelphia is terrible. They do not they do not deserve to get back into that game. Philadelphia stinks and Baltimore let their foot off the gas and almost cost them. So that's why they get my first dud. Number two, I agree with you. Lakina, the Minnesota Vikings, they're one and five. And yes, your surely did pick them to win the division. I know Mike Zimmer got that contract extension, but if you're in management of the Vikings, you may want to look long and hard of Give him that pink slip in the next couple of weeks that the Vikings uh, reviews to show up. I don't know what Kirk Cousins, their quarterback's contract situation is, but if he's a free agent or he has one year left on that, on that contract, you may have to cut him in the offseason, but we'll see about that. And my third dud as of right now is the Houston Texans. As you mentioned, Lakina, about Ron Rivera's decision in that uh, Washington-New York Giants game, uh, the Texans scored to go ahead in the fourth quarter yesterday. I was watching that live. They were up by six, and head coach Romeo Cornell for the Texans decided to go for two to increase their lead to eight. Uh, that was not a smart decision. You kicked the extra point to go, to go up seven, and that didn't happen, and that's why you see teams like the Texans lose close ballgames because of dumb decisions like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll see how they finish their season. So, but, yeah, I mean, you, you play the odds. Stop trying to overthink. Like I said, it's not it's not rocket science, folks. <laughs> okay, so let's preview these two Monday Monday we get Monday football NFL football games, the afternoon. And I'm sure this, I'm sure if they're if, I'm sure Fox would rather this be the primetime game, but ESPN has that, so that's why four o'clock starts. You got KC and Buffalo. It should be a good one, though. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a good one. I, I, I I'm wondering if Buffalo learned anything from last week's game that uh, Kansas City played, and have they found the formula? Beat up Pat, beat up Pat. That's the formula, beat him up. And I think that's a, a tried and true formula in football all together. Beat up the quarterback and you win. It's kind of simple. You don't have to team and do all that. You got one job, hurt him. Beat him up. Hit him in his head every chance you get. <laughs> oh, gosh. I did pick Kansas. Don't hurt them. Don't break the rules. Don't be like the 85 Bears, you know, because they all would be in jail now if they was playing. But, <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, cause, I, I mean, they one step away from filing grievances for hitting too hard in football. So, you know, it's coming in about three years. And in about three years, you hit me with your shoulder. That's six weeks or something. But, yeah, I mean, put them on the ground every chance you get, though. I believe that nothing dirty, you know, none of that none of that uh, bounty gate stuff that that team tried somewhere in the past. And uh, just keep putting them on the ground, and you might have a good shot if your quarterback has got his confidence back. And I think he will. I mean, I think he's good enough to get his, his confidence back and, you know, perform at the level that he was performing at. So it's going to be a good game, and I think you need to just continue to put Pat on his back. I think Buffalo has the chance to win this game 
too, even though I did pick Kansas City to win. It's going to come down to the running game, guys. Buffalo with Devin Singletary, the second-year man. On the flip side, you got Hilaire. And I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to play or not. So uh, assuming that he doesn't play, uh, it's going to come down to Hilaire. So I, it's, going to, it's going to be close. Buffalo, I believe, had, on paper has the defense to limit Patrick Mahomes. I think this is, one, is going to be one of those ugly wins for Kansas City. They had a couple last year on the way to the title. This may be one of them for this year. And as far as the other, uh, other game is concerned, Lakina with the Cardinals and the Cowboys, I did pick Arizona. I got to see what Andy Dalton does with a full week of practice since he's the number one guy now replacing Dak Prescott. Are, are you going to tell me that the Dallas Cowboys defense is all of a sudden turned around to be a, at least a matador defense? Unless Arizona beats themselves, I'm not convinced that the Cowboys defense is going to step up tonight. I just don't see it. Real quick, though, with the first game, I think the I think the Bills are not going to be very happy. They're not going to be in a very good mood because they gave up all those yards to Derrick Henry, and I think Josh Norman was going to want to redeem himself. So this will be one of those – I would be surprised if this is one of those low-scoring games, but I think this is going to be in Buffalo. I think Buffalo will win it. And as for the Arizona-Dallas, like the, the over is, I think, like 57 now, 57 and a half or something like that. So they might top that, and I think the Cardinals will win it. And like I said, Dallas has no defense now. So that, that's why I picked the Cardinals to win, and they'll win pulling away. You know, I picked I pick the Cardinals to win that game, but I think Jason mentioned it too when I said it. I, I'm, I'm picking it because I'm nothing against Andy Dalton, but I do not want Andy Dalton to start winning games because they're already talking on national syndications about how Dallas don't need Dak and it's better without Dak. And if Andy Dalton has a great showing, those talks will continue. And I really don't want to hear those talks. If you put Dak record up against everybody else that came out with him, it's unmatchable in a sense. He won everything. He couldn't did everything he could do for Dallas to get a contract. So that's why I kind of don't want the red rifle to shoot. I want Arizona, Tyler Murray to go down there and run around that suspect defense that they got and do his thing. So I'm going with Arizona, man. But I will be watching it. Should be fun. Both right. games. So we're going to take a quick break. Right? Yep. And we'll have we'll have so much more to talk about still. We got the MLB playoffs, we got the World Series sets. You also we'll also talk some college football, some great games, some great performances, and also a legendary broadcaster has called it a, a career. Mm-hmm. We'll you know we'll give our little synopsis about that too. So a lot to do still coming up on Second Stage Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. All right, welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. <laughs> We're getting better with that. I like that. <laughs> Once again, I'm Lakina McGee. You follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. I'm Lamont Scott. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow me, Sid the Kid, on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can uh, download this podcast from Second City Sports along with our other programming from War Media. Just by simply 
searching for War or Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download, search for War or Anchor, download Second City Sports. And we're also on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, that's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we are also on YouTube, which you are watching us now, you're watching us via the YouTube. Just type in your search engine box on YouTube, War Media, that's W-A-R-R Media, and you can watch us like you are right now. Here we are. Voila! <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The World Series is now set. It'll be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Rays were able to save off the Houston Astros in the AL, winning 4-3, and the Dodgers come back from 3-1. The 18 to do it in the LCS. They beat the Braves. You know, they came back, and yeah, give them credit. Both teams credit. I mean, Tampa was, also, was almost a victim of that, too, but some good news for the Dodgers, though. The last eight teams that have, that have won, that have come back from 3-1 down to win in seven LCS have gone on to win the World Series. So that actually bodes well for them. So, Sid, I'll start with you. How do you see this World Series? It starts tomorrow. You know, I, you know, I, I don't want to buy into the hype that the, most people wanted to see the Dodgers and Astros in the World Series. I understand that they would have drawn a little bit more people, but I still think that this is going to be a, a good World Series. You have uh, the pitching and defense with the Tampa Bay Rays and also with the clutch hitting, which is the formula to win in any year in, in baseball. On the flip side, you have all offense in the L.A. Dodgers with a questionable bullpen, except for Urias, who shut it down in game seven against Atlanta. You have a questionable bullpen for the for the Dodgers. And after Walker Buehler, uh, your starting rotation for the Dodgers is not that good. Yes, Clint Kershaw, he's probably a future Hall of Famer, but he's shown his the other side of himself uh, during this postseason. It hasn't been very good. So the Dodgers will have to rely on their offense. Tampa Bay will have to play, I'm not going to say a perfect series, but, but close to it because they don't have the offense of, firepower to match with the Dodgers. If Tampa Bay can limit their mistakes and not commit any errors and play a solid defense, they will have a chance to steal this World Series. I know people think that it's going to be a walk in the park for the Dodgers, but uh, I'm here to say, so fast. Tampa Bay deserves to be there as well. Tampa Bay's going to give it all all they have. Uh, Tampa Bay going to ride the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> you got Brady Magic yesterday. You got the Lightning winning the title, winning the cup. The cup was at the game. They hot right now, man. They going to steal a game. But I believe the Dodgers going to probably eventually slug <laughs> them to death. But that, that Tampa Bay Lightning going to ride right now, and, and they going to get hot. They might steal a game. They might steal game one is what I'm saying. But I believe L.A. will slug them to death. I believe Mookie Betts is in there talking to them people talking about, I don't lose. I don't know about y'all. I know y'all a bunch of losers over here, but I'm not one of them. I don't do this. I don't know how to lose. I need y'all to uh, get on board with me here. Do I have to jump over fences to show y'all this? I mean, y'all got talent. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, you don't get, your name ain't Mookie for nothing. Unless you got named after a Spike Lee movie. Come on now. I mean, he gonna have to go in there and say, let right get on my back. Let's go. And that, like I told uh, Nick when we had him on the show, 
I think that team go as Mookie go. And even though Corey Seager is the MVP, fine. You can have the MVP, but kind of like when the Cubs won. I mean, I don't think we gave Dexter Fowler enough credit. We went as he went. And you see, we ain't went since he went. So, you know, <laughs> I look at it as, you know, that team go like Mookie. And, I mean, I think Tampa Bay not going to go. I mean, they not no pushovers. They not going to go out like no punks or nothing. But if the Dodgers think it's a cakewalk, they're going to be in trouble. I can tell you that. But I think the Dodgers may finally get over that hump, man, and show us. And not the, they not the Missouri Dodgers. They're going to show us this year. Yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are – considering the fact that they had to come back from, you know, 3-1 down in Atlanta, I think they realize that this is not going to be a cakewalk. I don't think they're going to take Tampa lightly. I mean, look, Tampa's a really good team. They've got the pitching. They've got – they, got, they can play small ball really well, but the problem is is that when they don't score, they're sort of hard to kind of kind of grasp. So I, I think, look, Mookie, I'm sure Mookie Bessel probably will do just that, perhaps maybe jump over fences because he did it like three times already this postseason. So he might have to do it again. And mm-hmm. I think giving him that – I think the Dodgers kind of feel that confidence that say, you know what, we need to win this and we can win it. So I think – they will outslug them, the Rays will. I'm not going to say they're going to sweep the Rays. That, that's just that's disrespectful to the Rays. But I think the Dodgers can, will win it, and I think they'll win it in six. And, and, and I got to disagree with you, Sid. I, I think the fact that if you're a Fox executive, I think you would have preferred a Astros-Dodgers World Series for many reasons. But if it had been Atlanta, I don't think the Rays would not have been very good. So I think the fact that the Dodgers were able to pull it out the Rays should be really good for this World Series. And, look, this is, this is going to be a fun one, and I think the Dodgers will win it. Me too. I want to focus in on the other side a minute for the Atlanta Braves. As I said uh, during this postseason run, it was all about Atlanta getting over the disappointment of the devastating loss in last year's division uh, series uh, loss in Game 5 against the St. Louis Cardinals. They did that, but if they want to uh, eventually reach uh, – reach the World Series and perhaps win it, they have to get over this loss uh, to the L.A. Dodgers. You were up 3-1 in this series. You had three chances to close them out. You didn't do it. This is a still a young squad. This is a crucial moment for, for this uh, young group in that franchise with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, how do you get over this? Uh, do you use this as a motivator? What type of moves are they going to make this all season, if any? This is still a, a good group, a good young core. Uh, just how they're going to handle this. Will they use this as motivation for 2021 or will they let this affect them? Because uh, young teams like this, they have uh, they've been together for a couple of years. They start to experience this. Uh, you cannot take it for granted. And being up 3-1, the hardest uh, outside of football, the hardest game to win is their fourth game in that series. And you saw uh, uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays survived it. Where the Atlanta Braves collapsed, I was just I'm just curious to see how this young group is going to handle it. They've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. How will they handle this? Will they come in with a pissed off attitude and take on all comers and and use it uh, to propel them to the World Series, perhaps win the title, or will they feel sorry for themselves? This is a crucial moment for that for this young group. Well, you know, I mean, they say history doesn't repeat itself, but Atlanta history seems to repeat itself, and that's what it's looking like it's doing right now. You remember those great teams couldn't get over the hump. 
that much. They got they got through the humps and they got there a lot. But how many titles did they win? Look what they won. Ten straight divisions and one title out of that. So they do a lot of Yeah, winning. 14 straight NLE titles and one World Series and that was back in ninety five. That's what I'm saying. See what I mean? And and they, they, they can they can field a great team and they can win the little games. They like the Milwaukee of basketball right now. They can tear you apart and they, they kinda, you know, don't make it over that last hump. I mean, they talented. They young. I was rooting for them. And, and it's just – I don't know what it's going to take to get them over the hump because they do got a couple of veterans on that team. I don't know what veteran they may go out and get to help them go a little further or whatever. But that's that's an interesting call, man. And, I mean, I do look forward – they got some arms. I look forward to see what they plan on doing next year. And going forward, I don't think it's going to – shake them too much because they're young and got so much swag. I think they're going to be ready to go, you know, regardless next year. So, I mean, they're going to use it as a learning lesson and, you know, we're going to see. It's going to be all about the mindset, right? I mean, you can look at it as use as a motivation, but then you're like, oh, Lord, I mean, if we could, we could be the, the Dodgers when their mindset was, you know, or is that mindset going to, gonna, you know, be a buzzkill? So, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, like you said, it, they're young, so maybe it won't affect them. Those probably say, yeah, you know what? Look, it happened. Leave that to the side. You know, there were a lot of other circumstances, so we'll just come back stronger, but we'll have to wait and see. So it'll be interesting. But they, they got the talent. They got Freddie Freeman, Wall, Acuna Jr., among others. So, and that's part of that system. They built a good team there with the Braves, and we'll see what happens in the division next year because the NL East will probably be a very tough division. So. I wouldn't, you know, put pencil in as the they're going to be the representative next year. But and Acuna, they got contract stuff with Acuna, right? They, yep. they got contract stuff coming up with Acuna. So yes, that, sir. That, that could change. And you know, Philly, Philly just waiting to win. I don't know what they were waiting on, but they just waiting to win. And you know, Miami, <laughs> Miami might, <laughs> Miami might surprise somebody again also so yeah it's not guaranteed it's gonna be getting interesting like like i said i mean this will be this will this like i said this will be a very entertaining world series and it's not gonna be a sweep it's gonna go go six maybe even seven but i have the dodgers in six i have the dodgers in six as well I'm i'm gonna say the dodgers period depending on that game one they might lose their mind and win them all so the Dodgers hot, man. When you come back like that, you got a certain kind of umph in your back, and they might run through them. But we're going to see. Yeah, should be interesting World Series. going to be very entertaining. So, all right, uh, some college football for you. Some uh, very interesting games. I mean, well, well, first off, I mean, all this stuff with things being postponed and everything – but we'll talk about on the field first. Uh, what stood out to you guys this week in week seven of college football? I'll start. Go ahead. Clemson, yeah, Clemson uh, thrashing Georgia Tech 73-7. to I, I was actually uh, preparing to do some other work, and I had the game on in the background. Uh, it looked like Georgia Tech might give Clemson a game, but Clemson said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dabu Sweeney and those guys, after a, uh, after a sluggish performance and they went – uh, against the Miami Hurricanes uh, uh, the week before. They really showed their dominance against Georgia Tech. Alabama did check that game out for a couple of minutes. 
Georgia was hanging in there with it, but Alabama came out with a 41-24 win. Notre Dame, who's ranked number four right now, they had an ugly win against Louisville, 12-7. to Lamont? Yeah. Um, what like I was going to say, unpredictability is what I say, and I think I've been saying this all year. The college football season going to be a year of oohs and ahs. I mean – I, I was, it's entertaining that I was entertained with the Kentucky Tennessee game. Can Texas A&M make it to the college playoffs? I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. Can they run the table? If you look at who they got left, and if they do so, how does that throw a monkey wrench in the plane in the plans of what college football is planning? So I was I was watching that. Like he mentioned that Notre Dame game. They was only two plays away from losing that game. So, I mean, you look at that, and uh, my week one hero has just became a non-factor down in Mississippi State. Uh, K.J. Costello might be wishing he was back at Stanford right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's rough on him down there. It's rough on him down there. But uh, I watched yes. that, the, uh, the Auburn game. That that's that was that was real interesting. That's what I mean when I say it's gonna be. I think the entire year is gonna be a, a every week. It's gonna be like just some. We gonna see some and some gonna happen. And we gonna be like uh, that. Don't supposed to happen except for uh, when Sid mentioned Clemson earlier. Will they just roll over people? Are is Trevor Lawrence the next quarterback for the Jets? I, I don't know, but. It's like they having a fight for him to see who he's going to play for, but he's going to be playing for somebody, and we know that for a fact. Somebody even told me maybe Philadelphia. So, you know, that's 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 a whole nother can of worms right there. So, I mean, I think things gonna get real interesting starting this Saturday when the big boys come back, and we gonna see what's happening. Yeah, as you mentioned that Kentucky-Tennessee game, Lamont, of course, Kentucky destroyed Tennessee 34-7. to Of course, South Carolina uh, upset Auburn 30-22. to I had the chance to check out a little bit of that. But the team that I was really most impressed with and I actually had a chance to watch this game via the YouTube uh, was uh, 13th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. As I mentioned, they lost at Clemson last Saturday night. They got by Pittsburgh 31-19. to It was due basically because of their defense and special team. So, it was nice to see Miami get back on track. Yeah, yeah, they looked really good, Miami did. And that's sort of like, you know, you kind of have a little sort of, you know, pick-me-up game, and that was just that for them. I got to say, Jordan Travis from Florida State, I mean, he got banged up a little bit, but he had 191 yards passing with a touchdown. He had 107 rushing yards with two touchdowns. They were able to pull <laughs> off the upset against North Carolina. Mike Norville, I mean, there were people there that are already calling for his head. They've won a couple. Already. Yeah, already. already. And they've all they've won a couple in a row. And I think, like I said, they I think they finally found the quarterback in Jordan Travis. I think, you know, he gives them the best chance to win. So I I was impressed with Florida State. Got a chance to watch that. Um, Clemson. I mean, what more can we say about Clemson? I mean, I I I, I was one too that thought that they should be on upset alert since they were playing in Atlanta. But uh, yeah, they 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 kind of uh, said uh, nope nope not so fast. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Threw for 400 yards. I think that's the first time it's happened in the ACC in a long time. Threw for five touchdowns. 
I mean, even their, even their second stringers were, were doing their, were scoring too, were doing their thing. So that, that kind yeah. of like, oh God, that was just a shellac game. <laughs> they play, they playing big boy football right now. They, they big, they big boy in the whole league right now. They like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let me bring up this, uh, let me bring up this question real uh-huh. Yeah, let me bring up this question real quick, Lakina. I was talking with our, our teammate at War Media, uh, Kenneth Davis, now of that, that Davis show, along with Ryan Bukovsky, uh, the executive producer. And we were talking about uh, Clemson, how it's not fair that they're dominating the ACC. What happens if you would put them in the Big Ten? Do you think they were uh, run rough shot over the Big Ten, or do you think that they'll have some type of competition? I uh, I think I, I brought it up as this team up as well, and I think he did first, and that was uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think Clemson would beat Michigan right now, but Ohio State, I think Ohio State would give us some trouble. We all saw what happened in last year's national semifinal game. Uh, Ohio State had that game one, but they gave that game away uh, on the last drive. So I don't know if Clemson would be as dominant if you would put them in the Big Ten or maybe the Pac-12, but uh, I think they would uh, feel some heat if they, would been, if they would be placed in the Big Ten. Of course, none of this would ever happen, but we're just speaking uh, hypothetically. The Clemson would have to raise that game if they would be placed in a bigger, tougher conference than like the Big Ten. I mean, look, they can't help it if the, most of the teams in the ACC are not that good. <laughs> they can't help that. So I think they would, I think they would do pretty well in the Big I mean, I think they would. I think they would do okay, pretty well in the Big Ten. I think they'd be right. They would be, I think, in the East. So I, I think they could probably give some trouble to Michigan and Ohio State. I, I think so. Um, Pac-12. I mean, that'll be a little bit tougher because the style is so very contrast. So they may have a little bit of trouble there. But I think they could. They could probably, you know, get bowl eligible in the Pac-12. So I don't. I mean, it, it's not. I'm not like. Oh, oh okay. So. You know, look, they they can't help but if everyone else is not, most of the teams in the north in the ACC are not that good. They can't help that. <laughs> Dabble said, "Look, what do y'all want? What do you want us to do?" <laughs> so, I, I I don't. Yeah, it's not it's not what's wrong with that. <laughs> Play Notre Dame. That's what I want them to do. Play they, Notre Dame. Well, they will. They will in a couple of weeks. But for, but Notre Dame doesn't look very impressed. I have not been impressed with Notre Dame. I'm sorry. Me neither. Same here. <laughs> They're I not, mean, that's gonna be the, that would be their biggest challenge in that in that conference. So play Notre Dame. Well, look, don't be surprised they end up slacking Notre Dame in a, in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Because <laughs> look, Notre Dame. Look, what we say about the Bears, the, the Notre Dame should be two and two right now. They had like a go. Louisville had a couple of chances to pull off that upset, and they didn't. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm sorry. I am not impressed with Notre Dame at all. And, and and as far as answering Sia's question, I think if they moved, if you if they were in like the Big Ten, they would face some other teams simply because even though teams in the Big Ten may be not as good as the top teams in the Big Ten, when they play each other, they show up for each other. It seems like some of these ACC teams are gonna lay down for Clemson. Like, okay, that's that's daddy. We ain't gonna fight them. Whereas in in the Big Ten. If Ohio State plan to fight in the line out, the line out gonna show up simply because y'all Ohio State, so we gonna show up. And I think the ACC's battles on the football field aren't as intense as they are on the basketball court. So I think that's where the difference comes in at. But 
yes, they would have definitely a hard time in any other division they went to, except maybe, you know, swack. <laughs> well, yeah, as far as the rest of the SEC, um, look, I'm not surprised Alabama were able to beat Georgia the way they did. I think the Alabama's offense is a little bit better than Georgia's defense. I think they showed you why. Um, that that Auburn's South Carolina game that was always that was probably one of the weirdest weirder games, <laughs> but uh, yeah. like Bo Nix is still only a sophomore, so this is one of those games where you kind of just have to just burn the tape. That's all. You, that's all you can do. Well, if they assume they still use videotapes, but this is one of those games where you just like you know what, just 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 shred it. <laughs> just shred it. Don't even don't even think about it. Just flash drive. Press the flash drive. <laughs> flash drive. Exactly. There you go, Lamont. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, BYU, I don't think they're going to be in a, fa a factor. I know some people are saying that they might be a factor in the playoff. I don't think so, especially when you have the Big Ten. Well, so we'll talk more about the Big Ten, you know, in their games once, you know, when we convene on Friday. But it's going to, like I said, it's going to be interesting to know how this sort of, you know, how they're going to do this because, like we've been saying, this was their, this was their chance to sort of extend the playoff. They decided not to. Now you're going to have, like, now you're going to have the Big Ten coming in, and, you know, this weekend. Then in a couple weeks, going to have the Pac-12. So there's going to be so many other variables and factors here. Like, there's going to be a big old asterisk, whoever ends up winning it. I mean, unless it's either Clemson or Alabama. But if it's someone else, then people are going to be like, well, wait a minute. We're, we're playing in the middle of the pandemic. Some teams didn't start. Some conference didn't start till like, two or three weeks ago. So I, I just – I want to see how they do this, especially with now cases are going up. COVID cases are going up in a lot of these states, you know, including here in Illinois, unfortunately. And and this is this is gonna be very interesting. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, and and I think they say every team is eligible for bowl already. They say yep. every team is bowl eligible. Yeah. So a lot a lot of schools gonna have one win, and because of who they are, gonna be in the bowl. Simply because they figure like they travel well, so they're gonna put them in a the bowl. Because I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to have these bowls and places where they can put some form of fans in the stands. They're not going to just keep running these games with nobody in these stands. They're going to put some people in there, especially you see how the SEC do it. They sending 30 out there every chance they get. And LSU is this close to letting the Saints play there for the rest of the season. So... The Saints talking about moving out of that Superdome to go down to Baton Rouge and put 30000 in there to help them out. So, I mean, I think that's how it's going to be everywhere. That's why I told y'all uh, when the season started that once once Lori Lightfoot saw it, that she was going to eventually let some people in Soldier Field. And you see she loosened up her stance, even though cases are going up in uh, Illinois. She's still holding those conversations with the Bears right now about putting some form of people in them stands. And, I mean, it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it, Sid? I think you froze. Did you froze? Oh, well, I'll just go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Lamont, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be like the how all this is going to gonna play out. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be one of those things where you're like, okay, what happens here? I mean, there are only 38 bowl games. So, the fact that everyone's eligible, like, what, are we going to put all the teams' names in the hats <laughs> and just, you know, put all the teams there outside of sort of the bigger 
the bigger bowls, like the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl? I mean, what, what's what's going to happen there? I, I think that I think that's what they're going to end up doing, doing the situation where the top teams will go to those bigger name bowls and all the rest of those bowls going to go to cities that can put a couple of people in hands and going to go places like that. They're going to put them in the best they can. And I know the Super Bowl's in Tampa this year, right? Yep. I, they're going to try to put as many people as they can in their best Super Bowl. I mean, I, I, I can see. I mean, what game was that? Uh, what, even at the Bears game yesterday. You seen the fans? Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there were pockets of fans there, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's how it's going to be everywhere. And those pockets are only going to get bigger and bigger. And then they, they're saying it's because they're all outdoors, but as the weather starts to change, it's going to be people sitting out on that lake front, man. I, I, I can, and then when the big kid comes down in Champaign, I know they're already selling tickets down in Illinois for games. So it, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think you may have to sign waivers on your way in the game, but they putting them out there. What about what do you think, Sid? I think about this as far as the Bears situation is concerned. The reason why the mayor Life is considering this is because the Bears are winning. Let's be real here. If they were one and five or two and four or what have you, she wouldn't be talking about this right now. From what I've heard, I'm sure you guys heard the same. Uh, the the McCaskies put a plan in earlier in the year to uh, Lori Lightfoot, and she said no. I don't know the details behind that, but you see some of these stadiums like Indianapolis, Carolina with the Bears yesterday, Kansas City. A few more of these places are starting to let fans in. I know Carolina, or because they played the Bears yesterday, they had fans in the lower level, so and it was a five percent or eleven percent capacity. You're starting to see some of these fans starting to let. Uh, uh, these teams are starting to let some fans in. Tampa Bay, another example. We know Florida has been crazy for the coronavirus pandemic from the beginning. We're open for business. Look what's happening. Also in Jacksonville as well. So uh, how long will it be for the Bears? I'm not sure. My guess is maybe just maybe after Thanksgiving. But uh, we shall see. But you're starting to see more of these teams um, – if NFL teams starting letting small percentage of fans back in the sense. As we talked about before, Lamont, look at these colleges. Uh, some uh, uh, stands won full capacity. I don't think you're going to get that right now. But looking at some of these stands, especially in these college games, I've been paying attention to them these last few weeks. It looks full. We know it's not uh, on people on top of people, but it looks full because, as we said before, all these sports, including college and NFL, are presented in television type point is presented like a TV show. And even though Alabama does look spotty right now because everybody's spread out because of social distancing, you rather see some fans in a sense than none at all. Yep. But also, but also too, sorry, Lamont, but, but also too, I mean, Dan Mullen, you know, who's a Florida head coach, he was lobbying for more and more uh, fans. They wanted 80,000. Yeah. And, but, but yet he ended up testing positive for COVID. So, now he's kind of walked back that stance. So I, I think some people are, you're wondering like, okay, what's going to happen here with some of these, you know, the tennis of some of these stadiums. And, and, you know, Jacksonville, I mean, I know they've been letting football fans in, but you know, Jacksonville has been uh, 
running live wrestling shows for the last three months, every Wednesday, with fans. They've been letting their fans back in, like, because I guess their stadium is connected to another facility called Daly's Place or something, and it's, like, connected to, like, a place that's indoors, and so they've been letting fans in uh, for a while, a, a few months, <laughs> like, down there in Jacksonville, because the same owner owns AEW, the cons. They own uh, AEW, which just signed that new TV deal with TNT. So they've been having fans for the last few months. I think they only went like maybe a month with no people. And since then, they've been having people in there all the time. And they actually doing a full-fledged pay-per-view in two weeks with fans. So, I mean, it's loosening up. I don't know what we're going to do. We got a vote coming up. Maybe they waiting for the election to announce that they got a, a, a vaccine. So I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I think once they say it's a vaccine, people going to run out there anyway. Like, well, and, uh, but unfortunately at this point, though, I think here's the second wave we're in now. So unfortunately, this is going to be something that everybody has to figure out down the line. Um, some breaking news back to the NFL for a second. Taylor Luan, who is the Pro Bowl left tackle for the Titans, has nope. torn his ACL, and he's going to be gone for the year. So a tough loss there for the Titans. Yeah, I think he gonna, they're going to miss him. I had just seen that run across my screen. Yeah, I think they're going to miss him very – but I think they got such a unique way of running down there. They have it to a science, so to speak. And – you can put pretty. You can put me in front of Derrick Henry. He, I'ma hold up somebody long enough for him to get on him. And once he gets on him, once he get on him, he can get past him pretty much. But um, getting back to that, uh, what's the name? Looking at that you was talking about. Uh, this game. Oh, the. Uh, you know, watch, uh, yeah, oh, watching, watching yeah. major, watching major media talk about it and people things of that nature, you, you know they rooting for Andy Dalton at the game tonight, right? Like, everybody talking about what to do now with Dallas and what will Dallas do if they win and what if he gets the carries he wants? What's ha What happens then? What if they turn into the offense that they're supposed to be run dominant? Because they were speaking on how that offense is not meant to be passed first. It's meant to be run first. So, what will happen if Andy Dalton does that tonight? I mean, look, we'll see how he does the full, like you said, the full week of practice. And, you know, I I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, he's a veteran, so I think he probably would know what to do. And, you know, that offense is sort of in in that, that realm of maybe something he used to, he ran when he was in Cincy all those years. But like you said, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that a lot of, Dallas fans have turned on Dak, so we'll, we'll see, but I don't think. But also, at the same time, though, I know you're, you're a little weary about that, Lamont, but also remember, too, the NFC East is still up for grabs. <laughs> yes, it is. So, you know, this might be, one of, those, this might be, this might be one of those things where you're, you know, you're, you're down like I think that maybe, you know, it, it's up for grabs, too. I mean, with the, and the Giants went yesterday, too, so It'll be interesting to see what they do here, and and I'm I'm looking forward to that game to the game tonight. Like I said, 55 is the un, the over under, so 
We'll see how that how that game goes. Now, um, since we're you know, well, we'll, like I said, we'll get to it when you know the Big Ten. You know, what are you guys expecting for the Big Ten? We'll talk. We'll talk more about it on Friday. But what are you guys are expecting for the Big Ten when they 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 start play? Lovey, 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 lovey. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting Illinois to be better and scare a couple of people this year. I'm expecting that. I'm wishing and hoping for that. I'm looking at like a third place finish. What about you, sir? Hopefully for our local teams here in the, in the Big Ten. Hopefully for our local teams here in the Big Ten, Northwestern can bounce back. They don't have a quarterback. They didn't a year ago. Uh, Illinois, like you mentioned, Lamont can let me make it back to a bowl game for the second straight year. And we'll see how Michigan will turn out. Uh, because they've been one of the top teams in the Big Ten uh, for the last couple of years. They have a defense, but they, do, they don't have a quarterback either. That's been their downfall the last few years. And can Ohio State keep it at a high level and compete for another uh, national championship? If, if Jason was here, he would say they do not have a quarterback. <laughs> Probably would. Um... <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, uh, Nebraska. Look, I know some Nebraska fans were complaining that, oh, our schedule is too tough. Well, look, y'all the ones that said y'all wanted to play. So be careful what you wish for. And they wanted to leave at first, too. Yeah, exactly. But now the, uh, those millions of dollars that you got to leave on the table. Hmm, I wonder why yeah. y'all changed your minds. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the games, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll talk more about that once we uh, we convene Friday. But it'll be interesting to see how the Big Ten teams look because I know I know in some uh, I know in some stadiums they're gonna have people, some aren't. You won't be allowed to tailgate. So in a lot of these a lot of these uh, schools, so in the Midwest, we'll see. It's gonna look a little bit different. Like everywhere else, you probably may see the cheerleaders and the dance teams and the bands in the stands all spread apart. That's probably who you're going to be playing in front of for most of these teams. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to seeing, you know, if they're going to have problems like they, like I know some will have their problems, you know, Rutgers did, Michigan State did, but they've been able to kind of combat it. But I, I, we'll see if they finish. I mean, I think that's going to be like the number one thing now. Yeah. Can you finish? Can uh, you finish? All right, so uh, this will be a big, you know, big transition because this is sort of like a, a, a news that came out um, earlier this morning that I think shocked some people. Veteran um, NBC Sports on uh, NHL NBC Sports broadcaster Doc Emmerich decided to decided to call it a career, and I did not know this about him. He's seventy four years old. I thought I thought he was younger than that. I thought he was like in his sixties. But yeah, after a forty seven year career calling hockey he's got some other sports too but hockey's been sort of his this thing you know he's been the lead um nbc you know sports broadcaster in hockey for nbc since they got it back um he did a lot of the olympic hockey that's where i started following him i think back in i think like the early 90s or late 80s and then one of those olympics where he started doing it so it's definitely in, a, in a, the end of an era for like us hockey fans who got a chance to listen to him and watch him and just grew up, you know, he was sort of like the voice of hockey for so many years. Yeah. Uh, he had a great career salute to Mr. Doc Emmerich of, for 47 years in the business. Uh, be, before I, I break down my personal thoughts, also he did the NFL on CBS for, for a couple of years in the early nineties. So 
he called other sports as well. So people, you can check that out on YouTube. I, I saw a clip of that a couple of years ago. So I forgot he did that for a minute. Me too. But uh, Doc Emmerich also go on YouTube. Uh, HBO's Real Sports did uh, a profile on him from I think it was about three or four years ago. So go look, go look that up as well. That was a great piece that HBO Real Sports did on him a few years ago. But Doc Emmerich, he came up with his own language. Uh, and describing the action in hockey because we all know that uh, hockey is fast-paced and you rarely have any stops and you just have to keep the viewers uh, entertained and informed of what's going on. So, And also, too, Doc Embry uh, did the New Jersey Devils broadcast uh, for many years as well. So I remember yeah. him uh, during those broadcasts as well. And also, he was one of the original announcers for the NHL on Fox when Fox yeah. got the hockey package from 1995 till 1999. So uh, he's uh, a treasure within the hockey community. He will be missed. Uh, as, uh, as I said, once again, salute uh, to a great career. You can check out my Twitter at Ticket80. I did my little montage of the three Blackhawks of uh, Stanley Cup titles, of course. Doc Gamer was on the call for ABC for all of them. I believe my personal favorite was the first one in 2010. Of course, we all know what happened with the Patrick King goal. That, that was classic. No one's seen anything like that before. And so he, he, he did the best he could to call that uh, final goal. And yeah, that's that's when I got to notice him, hear him, was doing those Blackhawk runs and just paying attention to him yeah. after that because of those runs. And like you say, that was a exciting call when uh, Kane scored that, scored that goal. And I think mm -hmm. I and that's the thing about like when some of these announcers retire and disappear and although we, you know, say we may not like hearing people or use my favorite Dick Stockton, for instance, if I, if I can't hear Dick Stockton, I'm going to probably be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I might complain sometimes, but when, when some of these people that you heard so long leave the booth, you, you, you look at your favorite sport or you look for something in a different way. I remember I went through, like, I don't know if you want to call it withdrawal, but when Madden and Summerall stopped doing the games on CBS, I was like, mm -hmm. well, how am I supposed to watch football? Who's going to say boom? And, like, I was so lost for a little while. Like, I had to really retrain myself to listen to other people call games because I was just so used to – hearing the way they call games. So yeah. I think people in hockey going to have to make some adjustments to what they've been used to hearing and things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm quite sure it's going to be a, a big, big loss. And as he said, he was doing New Jersey Devils games also. So, yeah, I think, I mean, when you lose a voice like that, I mean, we even went through it here in Chicago. You know, it's bad when – I guess I tell my age when I can say I used to listen to Jack Brickhouse. So, it, 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 you know, when, when we first mm -hmm. him and, you know, I was Harry Carey because he came from the White Sox. So I kind of knew who he was, but at the same time, you yeah. still, what do we do now? So when you lose a voice that's been doing it for so long, it is a certain type of an impact that you go through and a change, you know, change is always different for a lot of people and a lot of people accept it different ways. So, I mean, you know, hopefully whatever endeavor he's headed into, he's as successful as he was in this one. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, I, 
look, I, I understand that look, he's been, he was doing it for 47 years. You know, he did it from various networks. I remember when he first did it for Fox, you know, when Fox first got it, they had like the glow in the dark puck. And of course we all remember Blackout fans remember like the first Stanley Cup, yeah. you know, they still can't find the, they still can't find the puck, you know, in that, that's, uh, that 2010 final against, uh, against the Flyers. So they, they still don't know where that puck is. And I didn't, but that was actually very well done by him. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because, you got Kenny Albert, who's sort of next in line, but then you got ESPN. Remember, they're trying to get back into the NHL television, you know, aspect of it too. So it'll be interesting to see what who gets the torch, who gets the torch now for the NHL nationally. It's going to be very interesting. So, like, so that 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 January first game, you know, that New Year's Day game, an outdoor game. That's gonna be who's calling that game on January first. That's when they come back, right? They coming back on the first of January. That's the that's the yeah that that's the word. I'm 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 that's the word. I'll sit. I don't know about how. I don't know, but you know, Sid's more in tune this than I am. But I think that's the word. I guess they're saying in January first for the NHL to come back. With that outdoor yeah, game. Yeah, target day, but it's not official yet. Yeah. Yeah, you know. There won't be no outdoor game this year. I'll be shocked if that happens. That, and that's the best. That I think them playing outdoors, like even when they was at Wrigley with the snow, I love those outdoor games. I, I really did. I, mean, I know they probably was hard to play, especially if it was snowing outside, but I thought they gave people that don't watch hockey all the time a different view of hockey. But like I tell a lot of my friends being, you know, I got a lot of friends that ain't never turned on a hockey game in their life. And to go to one in person, ain't nothing like it in the world. Hearing them bored. Mm-hmm. Hearing them skates yep. ain't like it in the world. Even if you've never watched the game or been to one, like I used to, and I'm I'm, I'm telling on myself right now. I used to take, um, I used to work with a guy that was working with the Wolves, and I used to always take some of my dates <laughs> to a Wolves game, and they used to be like, "Ooh, ooh!" So yeah, it was it was hockey has helped me a lot in in life. So I'm 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 a fan. Who do you think sort of like gets the torch pass, uh, Sid? Uh, uh, it's going to be tough. Like you mentioned, like Kenny, Kenny Albert, of course, I think he still does the New York Rangers games locally. Yes. Um, John Forslund, a friend of the Dean Davis show, now that Davis show, John Forslund, um, he does the Carolina Hurricanes as well, so he may get it. Uh, I was going to say John Bouchergross for ESPN, but if ESPN decides to jump back in, he'll probably get that torch at some point. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You still have some quality voices. Yeah, the the great there's a lot of great hockey voices and but we're losing one of the bets and you know we salute Doc Emmerich in you know his retirement and look I'm sure he'll find I'm sure you'll still we'll still see him you know in various forms mm-hmm. you know I don't think we're gonna we're not we have not seen the last of Mr. Doc Mike Michael Doc Emmerich I, I think yeah we're we're good we're gonna be seeing we're gonna be seeing even more of him probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are you guys looking forward to uh, this, you know, this next week, this week before, you know, we record again on Friday? Uh, the start of the World Series, uh, of course, my Mondays. You know, it's always Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for me. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday for me on my other sport. And uh, I'm looking at this uh, this NBA stuff is heating up. It's free this free agency talk. It's free agency things. What's happening with these free agents? Um, where certain free agents are about to end up? 
Uh, I'm rooting for one not to end up in Chicago, but if they do, I wouldn't be mad. But, you know, where this is happening with the free agents and stuff. So I'm looking to see where that goes. I've been trying to do some digging to see. I know a lot of the writings in New Orleans and the places of that, they, they want to make a serious run next year. They trying to see what they need to make so they make a serious run. Uh, a couple of teams is like just in disarray on the back end, not knowing what they want to do. I know Atlanta got a lot of confusion going on up there, so I don't know <laughs> what they do. And they got like, they got eight people that they got to figure out what they're going to do with. They had all expiring contracts pretty much. Yep. So they got like eight of them up there that's expiring. I don't really care about one of them, but the rest of them are expiring. And, you know, as long as he get another contract, I'll be happy, wherever it is. So, you know, I've been checking, you know, just the NBA circles to see what's going on with them. And if somebody going to put another woman on their bench, you know, and where and where Becky Hammonds may end up if she move around, you know, just things of that nature. So I've been doing that, and of course, I'm like I said, I will be watching the World Series like everyone else. What about you, said? Uh, yeah, yeah, World Series. Yeah, World Series for me, and hopefully, no more outbreaks as far as COVID cases in the National Football League. It will be a a, a day or two closer once we reconvene on Friday as far as Big Ten returning for college football. Yeah, I think for me, also same thing. I mean, World Series, we'll see how. I think this will be one of those, those great World Series. I think, like I said, this will not be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. I think this will go to go six at least. Um, you know, I'm also looking forward to these games tonight. I, yeah. well, to, well, today, I mean, you know, 3 o'clock game on a Monday in the afternoon. This should be interesting, too, the Chiefs and and you know Buffalo, and also um, we'll see how the Cardinals look, and we'll see how Andy Dalton looks as he'll be he'll have the keys for the Cowboys. And like I said, like 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 we've been saying, Lamont. I mean that NFC East is still up for the uh, still up for the taking. So and also like I said, the free agency, and also the NBA coaching carousel. We may be yeah. seeing some other some more names. So we'll see. It's just gonna be fun. Because you know what, I don't I don't know how Steve Nash gonna coach Brooklyn if he don't open his mouth real soon. I don't know how he's gonna do that. I don't I don't know how he's gonna pull it off. Look, they look look Kyrie and Katie wanted him so that, that that's hey. <laughs> um, so they, they, we want you so we can disrespect you? That's that's weird. That's sort of like the thing now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, that's weird. On that note, with the weirdness, <laughs> you can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly at SidKid80, both on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can read my articles at wearerigoradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can download this podcast along with our other programming from, from War Media. That's uh, just by searching War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. Download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor. You can catch our podcast there. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. 
You can watch us do our thing. <laughs> All right. So we'll have a lot to talk about on Friday. So from, you know, first couple of games of the World Series to college football with the Big Ten coming back. And also, of course, week seven of the NFL and Bears and a little bit of Bears and Rams. This is a Monday nighter, so we'll probably save it for Monday, but we'll talk about it a little bit on Friday. But even still, for the guys, I'm Lakina. Wash your hands and wear your mask and also stay warm because it's supposed to be warm most of this week. So, you know, and also go out and vote too if you can. If you got early vote, vote, not twice because you'll go to jail. Don't listen to him. He did say go vote and you can go vote again. He said you can mail it in and then you can still go in. Now you're going to jail if you do that. I'm warning y'all, you're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll see you Friday. <laughs> Stay safe, guys. Peace. See you next time. Holla.